With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi guys, Cody Davis here. 10-0 undefeated professional boxer from Wales. Just finished my podcast with Ace Podcast Nation. Subscribe at YouTube.com forward slash Ace Podcast Nation for the best content on all the Welsh boxing shows. All Welsh sport and Welsh boxing and sport in general. All the best. Hey guys, I'm Sai, and welcome to Ace Podcast Nation, and welcome to the Danny Batten Fight Show. This is episode number 51. You can get uh, the video versions of this show and all our other shows at youtube.com slash acepodcastnation. Hit the subscribe button, click the bell, and you'll be notified every time we go live or upload a show. Uh, Ace Podcast Nation, home to many other great shows and series, so uh, check them out. We've got anything on MMA, football, mental health, mental health and sport, wrestling, TV, movies, pretty much anything you can think of. Uh, well, tonight we are talking MMA, although it is the fight show, so we're going to touch on a bit of boxing, a, a bit of uh, bit of unusual fighting as well. But uh, joining me, as ever, former Cage Warriors champion, UK MMA legend, Mr. Danny Batten. Welcome, mate. How are you? Yeah, right, so hello, Josh, and everyone that's listening. Yeah, doing good. Um, you know, another cracking show, some some good fights. Happened yes. even though some of the some of the fights didn't happen. It was still a good event to watch. It was, yeah, good good crack. And uh, our guest for this evening, making his first appearance on the show, is uh, Cage Warriors bantamweight, Josh Crazy Horse Reed. How goes it, my hey, friend? Yeah, good, good. Yourselves, you all okay? Yeah, all, all good, good mate. mate. All good. Ready for a, a good chat about uh, the fight game, as it were. And uh, it's uh, it's difficult to know where to start. So I think we'll start with the comedic and we'll work our way down into the more serious stuff. Um, 
So when I was like flicking through the, the papers this morning and just having a look at the latest news, I came across this thing from uh, from Russia last night. There was a, they labelled it the freak show. Uh, and it was, uh, where's he gone? He's a £529 man versus uh, a pro- professional uh, bantamweight female fighter. Um, he was in Russia. Um, I saw a little clip of it. Uh, it was staged by a, a company called Our Business. By all accounts, they seem to be a legit company. But um, and the female, you know, she's a she's a four and one professional, um, and she was matched against blogger uh, Grig- Grigory Krishitov. Probably haven't pronounced that right. Um, yeah, it was definitely a freak show. Um, I'm not sure what it does for MMA as a sport because I think that's the sort of thing which. I mean, Dan, we've talked about a lot over the last 50 shows at various points about how difficult it was for MMA to be taken seriously um, and the UFC to be taken seriously around the world and people not just treat it as like a, like a you know, cage fighting where it's just this brutal thing. And obviously in the early UFC, you had the, there was no weight divisions and stuff like this. Not sure this helps, um, but... I guess it is what it is. Have you seen any of the clips of it? Uh, yeah, I did. I watched it. Yeah, it wasn't a long one, was it? What do you think of that, mate? As a, as a, as a, you know, a legend of the game, what do you think uh, when you see that? Uh, I, I think we're always going to get the odd little spectacle like that, and I think as long as no one's getting seriously hurt, you know, why not? Although someone could have done with such big discrepancy in weight, and and the fact that it's a female against a male. I mean. You know, females generally are just not going to compete against men, in, in, you know, in any meaningful way. But obviously, this guy is completely non-athletic. Um, probably doesn't know how to do anything in the martial arts yeah. sense, but nevertheless, a big dude. Um, so, out of the pure conundrum of, of the situation, I kind of watched it, kind of interested actually. Um, but yeah, normally I'm not too entertaining of these these sort of things. But uh, I don't know. Maybe it's something. I don't know. Oh, it's just there a weird one, isn't it? <laughs> there was something nice about seeing a pretty woman beat the shit out of a big, fat, ugly man. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, that's it, isn't it? Like, she's 100, 139 pounds, and he was 529 pounds. And, like, whilst whilst afterwards we can kind of laugh about it and, you know, you know, see it for what it is, like, it could have gone terribly wrong. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if, he, if he had, even if he had been just capable of throwing, like, decent strikes like if he'd caught her she could be seriously hurt like so it's a yeah. bit of a weird one isn't it i actually didn't think it was going to go to the original plan when he got hold of her i was thinking wow this is going to be problematic but he didn't know how to put his weight properly and stuff but no he kind of it, it did all right with his punches he sort of like pushed forward with short little choppy punches he did okay but um yeah it could have could have gone wrong so easily uh yeah, what did you make of it, Josh? Yeah, as a current fighter, I only clicked on it to be honest. I didn't really watch it for about that, obviously, because of just what I read there. What I read, yeah. that's just wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, if it was a game of like I would have been interested in it, but obviously, the weak difference and whatever. I, I just like, no, nah, I'm not thinking on that. <laughs> no, it's um, it's not for me. I gotta be honest. Like, uh, it's just, and like, I just look at it and like, if something had gone wrong, like if he had caught her and broke her jaw or something, 
that's gonna cause problems for the, for MMA yeah. as a sport overall. Even though it's got nothing really, got nothing to do with MMA, is it really? But like, it just doesn't look good. Does it? Um, but I guess it is what it is. We're seeing more and more of these uh, non-professionals being sanctioned as professionals to fight. Uh, even last night we had the we had an exhibition fight between two ex-professionals, which I did have a problem with that. You know, they were. It wasn't. Um, it wasn't. You know, prof- it wasn't a proper fight. There was no knockouts, uh, no cuts, or anything like that. And it was two fifty-four-year-old guys, both who at one point, you know, legends of the game, um, still legends of the game. But you know, they were professional fighters. But then on the same card, you've got a former baseball player versus a U- uh, YouTube star. The YouTube stars battered him, and it's just. It, it just it makes you wonder, like, where is it? Where is it stop? Like with boxing, mm. like they just seem to be, like it's one thing putting Conor McGregor in there against Floyd Mayweather. At least Conor McGregor's a pro. You know, he's a in his he was in his prime. He's he's a proper fighter. Like like that. Uh, the but Nate Robinson, his name was. So he fought this Jake Paul, who's a YouTuber. Who's uh, he's had a couple of fights now. Um, against other YouTubers, but he, whilst Nate Robinson is a, you know, he was a professional athlete, he's he's not a fighter, and that was clear, um, and he got knocked down three times, I think it was, where, and each time was quite heavy shots to the head, and the final one, which finished the fight, he laid there face down for a good couple of minutes afterwards, like, and I was just like. This is going to be the one which ends all these celebrity fights. But from what I can gather, he was all right afterwards. But just risking it. Don't what do you think of it, Josh? Obviously, you're a bit younger than me and Danny. Um, yeah, as long as you know, as long as they're having the, the correct training and all like that, they be able to fight them, put it all online. You know, I'm all for it. You know, but these YouTubers, they're coming in and they're making some serious money. But, but oh yeah, they're fans. bringing in numbers as well, now. Yeah, 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 exactly. We get paid. They should like to ask, uh, you know, when you get asked, what, what they get? Like, you know, they, yeah. they, they, they basically nobody in the fight, you know. But people are tuning in. They're getting paid. It's going to keep happening. Well, yeah. When you had um, the one, when Logan Paul, who is Jake Paul's brother, fought uh, yeah. KSI. You had Billy, Billy Joe Saunders, who's one of the, you know, at that point, one of the best British boxers around. He was on the undercard of that fight. Like, so you had the, the YouTubers were in the main event because they're the ones who were selling all the, you know, all, all the pay-per-views and the tickets. It's, it's, it's incredible. Like, but I guess I don't have a problem with them. They're bringing in numbers like Jake Paul, Logan Paul, KSI. They can all fight like they've had proper training. They're, yeah. they're, they're decent, like they they put on a couple of alright fights I haven't got a problem with it if you're putting them up against similar people but like for instance Jake Paul called out Conor McGregor after his fight and I was just like oh, no, they you can't be doing that <laughs> yeah of course they do. everyone wants Conor McGregor fight don't they but, but like yeah I think Dan, as long as they put these people against the appropriate opponents, I suppose, is what I'm saying. Like, I don't want to be seeing any of these guys fight like a 40-something-year-old Manny Pacquiao or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it has to be just kept halfway sensible. You know, um, 
Yeah, yeah someone, could, a... someone could get it, couldn't they? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I just think as long as there's a clear div- divide on what's going on and um, it gets categorised, uh, you know, for what it is, which is celebrity boxing, no? Yeah, and um, I, I think it's okay, but. Um, yeah, I, I don't give it too too much attention to to be honest. So as long as it no. doesn't affect the the mainstream of the the sports for what they should be, um, and then okay, you know, it's going to happen. Well, here's the question for you both then: um, Does it do boxing as a sport more harm than good, uh, or does the fact that they bring in these YouTubers bring in so much so many eyes, people who wouldn't watch boxing normally and buy the pay per views? Does that kind of outweigh the negatives of taking away from, you know, the, the, the legitimate fighters? Uh, Josh, we'll go to you first for that, mate. Yeah, I think like, if you talk to, like, a boxer who's actually in their prime knowing boxing, they, they don't agree with it because, obviously, they're about to get in pay. Uh, um, you know, they just, don't, they just don't agree with it. They don't ask any boxer that. But for the general public, they, they're loving it, don't they? Yeah. So, as a fighter, I'm the same, really. You know, they just jump in and they just get tax and loads of money. And I, no, it's not my chat. I don't, I don't agree with it, really. They should stay in there. If, that, if they're YouTubers, they do it. Obviously, that's what you, you're good at. That's what you do. And leave the box into the boxes. Yeah. That's, what about you? What well, you know, I've got to try and think about it this way. You know, what would I do if a YouTuber called me out to beat him up for a few rounds? Well, and, um, you and Andy Campbell, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? I'd, I'd probably do it. And, um, yeah, so I just think you know, it's always going to be there. Uh, I, I think yeah. as long as there's a market for it and it's going to bring money and it's going to bring attention, yeah, it's going to just always be there. So I just accept that. And to me, I categorise it as one thing and I carry on concentrating on the serious side of of those combat sports and yeah, it just, it is what it is. I, I, like it's, it's all down to safety really. I think as soon as someone gets hurt, I think that's when you might see it end. But, yeah. Well, here's another way to look at it is say these, say like KSI and Jake Paul are going to have this fight or whatever next year. They're going to do it anyway. So is it better that it's monitored by, you know, the top boxing promotions and promoters and, and, have top level referees and companies involved so that it is as safe as it's going to be rather than if though if the top level says no we're not doing it they'll go somewhere and they'll get half assed you might not have the appropriate medical facilities at the at the event or they won't get tested properly you know or whatever it may be like the referee might not be a proper referee or do you know what i mean so like from that aspect of it by it being run by the top, you know, by Eddie Hearn and by these people, it, it at least makes it as safe as it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. But anyway, yeah, enough of that. Enough of that. Enough of the... Um, oh, that's what I was going to ask you. Lastly, Mike Tyson, what did we make of his performance, Dan? You go first, mate. Uh, I actually thought he looked better than Jones did. Uh Jones looked like uh, it almost looked like he couldn't be bothered in there. Although I, I don't think, I think he was really just tired, was he? Yeah, he looked really, really gassed. It, it actually looked like that he's not been so kind to his body in those two years that he's been away from it. Um, compared to Tyson's fifteen plus years, um, Tyson looked in good shape. And yeah, they they both didn't look like their former selves, and you're not going to expect them to. But 
you know, um, I don't mind, uh, you know, perhaps seeing this, at least that they're fighting someone of relative same age. Um, and I think it, I don't think it's a bad thing. Um, and, and Tyson wasn't pushing to try and make an actual comeback in his career. He, he, no. he wants to keep it um, as this one was. And I think that's a good thing. No one's going to get hurt, it seems, with the way those doing it. It was all done in good jest. And it obviously created a lot of attention. Um, and I wouldn't be, abs- you know, I, I wouldn't mind seeing it again, that sort of thing, to be honest. I thought it was kind of good. It, it was nice. It was tasteful. Yeah, I'm not sure if I'd pay. I wouldn't have paid for the event. I've seen some clips of it. Um, I don't think I'd pay for it. Just it doesn't. I don't think it interests me enough for me to part with like fifty odd quid or whatever it is. But yeah, it's, I don't think it does any harm. Ultimately, um, and if at the end of the day, if it gives these guys like, especially like Tyson, has been inclined to get into a bit of trouble, and and especially if he's out having a drink and doing other stuff if he's got something to focus on and train and and keep him healthy and yeah stuff I mean, like that, get, that's a good thing isn't it absolutely didn't you get a sense um you know how different he was from the, the old tyson yeah you know, he was really happy less angry in, uh, isn't he? yeah not, no anger at all no malice about it he wanted to get in there he wanted to have a shuffle about and um yeah i i think it was great for him i think Jones enjoyed it. I think there's a lot of people that enjoyed it. And, you know, me too. I enjoy it. Uh, yeah, like I said, I'd, I'd watch something like that again. Uh, but I just don't, I wouldn't want to see Tyson fight a 30-year-old top heavyweight. Oh, that, God, that would yeah. not interest yeah. me. Yeah. And clearly, he wouldn't be up there with that. Yeah. But, um, yeah. yeah. Right, it was pretty good. Um, Josh, what did you make of it? And I know, um, obviously, me and you watched uh, Joyce and Dubois in the heavyweight uh, bout of the evening. So uh, tell me a bit about your thoughts on Tyson, and then we'll have a, a quick chat about uh, Joe Joyce and uh, Dubois. Yeah, I, well, I wasn't buying it when it got announced and all that. You know, I got I'm not paying for that. But I, I watched all the pictures on Facebook and whatever. And yeah, it was a good fight. You've got to take it there in their 15 now. They done well, you know, especially because being a fighter myself. If I could, I'd be happy if I could go out in my fifties, you yeah, know. Definitely. So uh, I think that out of the way. So um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I definitely do it again, right? Hundred percent. So we had um, basically what was a heavyweight title and eliminator in the boxing last night uh, with Daniel Dubois. Uh, fighting uh, Joe Joyce with the winner is going to get a, a world heavyweight title shot versus um, oh, I forgot his name the Eastern European guy I'll find it now um, it was a quick it was a really good fight um, they both it was basically the battle of the jabs but um, it was quite exciting fight um, Dubois took a really nasty eye he got caught in his left eye socket by a big shot when it, and it just as the fight progressed it just got worse and worse. They think that he's either got a broken orbital bone or um, some sort of damaged nerve or severed nerve behind his eye. Yeah. It looked real nasty by the end of it. Um, but it was a really enjoyable fight. Um, I thought Joe Joyce looked really good. Um, I was I, I wondered before the fight if he would be able to put up with Dubois' power. And he did. Exactly. Like, early on, I think... Dubois looked real dangerous, but as the fight yeah. progressed, I thought Joe Joyce came into his own, really. Um, yeah. I've never seen as well, so the fight finished when um, 
basically, Dubois was struggling to see. You could see that he was struggling. Yeah, he was trying to kind of hide his eye. Um, and he took a big shot. And he kind of took a knee from the shot. And um, he just didn't get up, did he? It was weird. Yeah. yeah. I don't see many heavyweight boxers finish fights yeah. like that, i got to be honest. So that, yeah. to me, that, as, as someone who doesn't fight and, you know, just talks about it, like, I just think that says how bad that eye injury probably is. <laughs> Yeah, or certainly yeah, felt yeah. felt in the moment. Yeah, the big, but, yeah, um, yeah, what do you make of the fight, mate? Yeah, it's very good. I, I thought Dubois was going to have him out there early, to be honest, with uh, with too much power. Um, but uh, Joyce stick, stuck with his jab. He jabbed, he jabbed his head off, if you ask me. Um, mm. He didn't even have to throw the right. He was just doing it with his, with his jab. Um, it showed his amateur background. Obviously, he'd been in the GB squad for years and years and years and I think his amateur pedigree definitely shown last night. Uh, it was a boxer against well on times looked like boxer against the brawler really. But um not taking nothing from Dubai. Obviously he's quality but uh choice was too good for him last night I thought. Yeah he was he was. Um so yeah by the end his eye was just literally shut. You couldn't you know, yeah. no way no way he was able to see out of that, regardless of what the injury is, his eye was completely shut. Um he was he was done. Um so yeah, so the winner's gonna face um uh Alusk, who is the current uh one of the current world um just trying to find it now. Because obviously you've got uh, Tyson Fury holds. There's so many different titles in there in boxing. Yeah, in boxing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, uh, Alexander Usk, and he is the. Let's have a look. Um, what is he? Um, I'm trying to find out. There's so many titles. Da, 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 da. I can't. I can't find. What title? What which world title he's got? Um, but he's got one of them. I can tell you that much. I will find. I think it's the WBO, but I'm not hundred percent sure because there's just like a long list and it doesn't. It's not very clear uh, which one it is. Um, no, I can't find it. Right. Um, so moving on to uh, to the UFC. Um, one one story which did I did want to touch on is uh, Khabib uh, in the last couple of days or yesterday, in fact, said um, that he has got something very very interesting planned uh, and is looking forward to speaking to Dana White, um, which was nice and cryptic to get the people to talk. And he said, "We will have a we will see we will have a, a big discussion." Um, obviously. Everyone thought he was done. He said he was done. He said his mum had asked him to stop. He said he was going to do it. And now he's kind of hinting at something. However, there is reports in Russia saying that his, um, he's purchased a guerrilla fighting championship in Russia. Or in, it's a Dagestani MMA promotion for about $1 million. I was just going to say that. Your uh, promotion. Yeah, so I think... UFC fight pass, they love stuff like that, and they you know they'll they'll add that to the the growing list of because they're always going to need content for that service, and they they need yeah. fresh content. You can't just sell it on the old shows and the previous shows. They always need 
like more contender series than um, Cage Warriors. They're obviously on there now as well. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if it's that. But obviously, because of who he is now, recently retired, people jump to that conclusion straight away. I don't think he'll fight again. Do you think he'll fight again, Dan? Um, I think he will. Yeah. I just think he's going to. I wonder, I do wonder if, if Conor McGregor smokes Dustin Poirier quite quickly and then beats someone else like mid-2021 quite comfortably, whether we might see the rematch at the end of next year because he'll, you know, as soon as Conor beats, if he was to beat two people fairly handily, you know, he's going to be calling Khabib a, you know, he'll call him a coward for running away and, you know, all the, all the usual stuff. So... I wonder whether that fight would interest Khabib to put it to bed once and for all. To me, I don't think he needs to because I think he beat no, Connor so so handed, handedly. He beat him so handily that there's not like um, any doubt about it. Really, like only doubt for me was that Connor didn't really fight as as well as he can fight. I'd say, um, which I've said a few times before. Um, okay. So we had uh, we did have a UFC card last night. Um, it was an interesting one. We lost a couple of guys, or we lost the main event, um, which was Derek Lewis versus Curtis Blades, because Curtis Blades tested positive for COVID. Uh, unfortunately, he's not the only UFC fighter to test positive for COVID this week. Uh, Kevin Holland apparently has also tested positive, which, unfortunately, you know, it's the world we live in at the moment. Um where you are going to get fighters testing positive here and there and, and coaches and stuff. It's just a shame that we lost that because I was really looking forward to Derek Lewis and um, Curtis Blades. Love a good yeah. heavyweight bout. But, yeah, it is what it is, I guess. Um, did either of you watch any of the, the prelims at all? Um, I am watching the prelims just to make them. No. So I watched the Luke Sanders fight. Um, and I got to be honest, I thought Luke Sanders was going to win because I didn't. I didn't know a lot about Nate. Uh, uh, Nate Maynard, his name was. Um, is his? I think it's his debut, or no, his second fight. So in his first fight, he was the one a couple of months back where he took about six low blows in the same fight. If you remember, like he just kept getting hit low. Um, so he's come in and fought Luke Sanders, who hasn't fought for I think. 18 months or something ridiculous like that quite a long time um and he choked out nate uh choked out luke sanders in the about two and a half minutes of the second round but i thought he was really really impressive um and i'm looking really looking forward to seeing him fight next because i thought he showed enough to be much better than kind of the opening fight on the prelims for sure so that'll be interesting um and also the other fight which I watched, which was um, Gina Mazzani versus Rachel Ostovich, uh, which Gina Mazzani won via TKO. Uh, massive body kick in uh, the third round, about four minutes in, right at the end of the fight. Um, that was quite a good fight, though, as, as usual, as 2020 Dan has been. Uh, the women have torn it up in the UFC all year. And uh, it was another good fight. Went pretty much three rounds, but big body kick and we've talked about the damage that those body kicks do and uh, it was that again she took a big uh, a big body kick finished it but um other than that nothing 
nothing too exciting. Not exciting, that's the wrong term. But nothing too no, uh, newsworthy on the prelims. Um, so, the first fight on the main card was uh, Jonathan Pierce defeated Kai Kamaka uh, the third by TKO strikes uh, four and a half minutes into round two. Um, Danny, what did you make of this fight, my friend? Yeah, um, both of them had their moments. Um, you know, Kamaka looked particularly good at the beginning of that first round. Looked like he was really sharp and powerful, um, yeah. and had brief encounters on the ground. Um, but then towards the latter part, you, you know, we saw Pierce have a little bit, bit of his moment in in that first round. But it's more the second round. You know, took more of my interest. Um, you, Kamaka got Pierce down. Um, but just didn't make anything of it. He just didn't get any proactivity off. Um, numerous times lost, you know, what could have been really advantageous positions. Um, mm. And then Pierce reversed it and, and got Kamaka down um, on more than one occasion. And each time it was going to the ground, uh, Kamaka started looking more and more fatigued. Now, the mistake yeah. that Kamaka was making, he kept on trying to stand up with both his palms flat on the ground as he stood up. That can leave your arms to be tied up by the legs. It can leave your neck open, open to being attacked. And um, also, it's going to get you taken down again, even when you stand up, because you're not holding on to a wrist. You're not attacking the leverage points that are going to get you transitioned on or taken back down again. So he tries to try to get up physically all the time. And I think that's why his gas tank started to wane, because he was always yeah. trying these physical type things. Um, and then really, the last part that sort of like was adding nails to his coughing was that he had a, a bit of an attempt at a guillotine but was really not correct with his leg positioning. He got stepped over, got mounted. And then again, yeah. you know, his, his attempts at trying to get up were just so poor. He turned with his arms face down. Um, he didn't try and push half guard to try and loosen the tightening of the legs. So when he was mounted and he turned his back, the, the guy had a tight hold. And um, yeah, he was sprawled out with someone on your back, which is a TKO situation right there. Um, he should have been pushing our car, trying to loosen that leg grab, up, grab off uh, before he turned and, and maybe go the half guard route to try and stand up. But um, yeah, both of them made mistakes. Both of them done some good things. Um, not overly impressive in any particular way, but, you know, Pierce got the job done. And um, I think he got the job done partly because it's given to him on the plate by Kameka's uh, sloppiness on the ground. Yeah, um, so Kamaka was uh, Kamaka was a heavy favourite as well, um, which I was like, if you just watched the fight without knowing anything beforehand, you'd be surprised to hear that because I thought he made like a, a lot of errors, um, Kamaka, and like you say, ultimately it cost him the, any chance of a victory. Um, I thought Jonathan Pierce did all right. I didn't like you say I wasn't massively impressed with either guy but out of the two i thought jonathan pierce was the more impressive um yeah. josh what did you make of him Ed? yes well just tied it up there <laughs> really mm. but uh, yeah, yeah he had a good start i thought was on a back for early and then um coming to the end of the first um yeah the second round he, he's on he's on fire but like um like danny said then he was he, he just he just took advantage of uh Commander's uh, laziness resting, really. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Was it, like, I thought it looked like he was being a bit lazy with his um, his wrestling yeah. and some of his grappling. Was it that, or was it, uh, is he just not that adept, adept at it? 
Josh, do you reckon? Could be, it could, well, it depends, it depends on laziness to you as well, if he's tired, you know what I mean? He could have been tired, but obviously it's still early in the fight to make, you know, uh, you should have better gas than, than that, or, you know, but, um, so it could be, it could be gas or it could be laziness, but he did look tired. Yeah, like even the sort of finishing sequence, he got turned around really easy, Dan, didn't he? To yeah. to lead to the ground and pound, like like um, as they sort of went to the floor and Kamaka's going for that guillotine, like he's even though um, Pierce is on top of him, where as he's as Kamaka's going for the guillotine, like Kamaka's instigated that, so like. For him to then get turned around and sprawled out face down so easily does feel a bit like, like, should you be that tired, like in the second round of a fight, that you've got no energy to fight back against that? Or is it just a bit of, you know, laziness for lack of a better term? Or is it just that he doesn't have the ground skills to combat it? Uh, To me, it just looked like he didn't have the... The, the intricacies in his technicality to be efficient. He, he mm. was doing the kind of escapes that are just going to put you into another dog shit position, and um, yeah. you're going to get. T- it's just you're just going to keep transitioning from one one hard aspect to another, and you're going to start fatiguing. And that's what you began to saw. He began to look really, really helpless in there. And um, yeah, he's got things to address. Definitely so. Yeah, and I mean, look, as I said before, like I, I'm asking the question. I, I don't fight. I've never fought, fought, so I'm. I just watch it, and I watch a lot of it, and I asking the question to you two professionals. But um, it just, yeah, I was surprised how easy he got turned around. I've got to be honest. Um, okay, so next up we had um, Ashley Evans Smith versus Norma Demont, and uh, Norma Demont picked up the victory via unanimous decision, thirty twenty six times three. Um, Went the full way, uh, the full whack, three rounds. Um, Josh, what do you make of this one, mate? I flicked through that one. I'll be honest. I yeah, flicked it wasn't through that. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I flicked it through was, that. It was. Uh, it wasn't the greatest one. I got to be honest. It was. It was all right. What about you, Dan? What do you make of it, mate? Yeah, um, I, I actually really enjoyed this one. You, I knew, <laughs> I knew, knew you would. <laughs> Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, Demont actually looked really, really good. Um, she's quite a bit shorter. Um, don't uh, don't have as much range, so she was mm. playing pure counter. Boy, did she show how to play counter really, really well. Um, and, and Smith just looked like when she was throwing her shots, she weren't throwing it with full vigor, and so allowed those counters a little bit too often. Now, some of the commentary was um, complaining that Demont perhaps wasn't doing as big a flurries as they was wanting to see. But I think that she actually played a perfect game plan. I think she was just teeing off, scoring enough, always winning the exchanges because of a counter-striking in a way where she always had some energy. And that energy allowed us to see some of her ground skills as well. It did go to the ground a few times, and DeMont looked really, really good there. She looked consistently energetic because she'd done those flurries in the right way. And, um, and then come towards the finishing line, so to speak, she started really opening up with those combinations like the commentators were kind of wanting in rounds one and two. But to me, she just was winning the rounds and then in that third round was like, okay, I'm winning this enough. I've taken enough energy out of my opponent to open up with my striking and counter and stay in there and try and put this to bed. And um, to me, she looked really, really impressive and I can't wait to see this girl fight again. Yeah, she looked real good, particularly on the ground. I thought she looked very, very comfortable. Um, 
She had some nasty elbows. I think it was the second round, about two yeah. and a half, three minutes in. Like she had, she had like a good position on top, and she had some really nasty slicing elbows across the kind of like the bridge nice. of her nose. But like, yeah. I gotta say, I we talked about the commentary last week. I didn't enjoy the commentary this week. I don't know who was on it, but um, like I normally I've been really impressed. Was that? Was Felder on it? Felder. And yeah, I think it was. Yeah, and I, I normally good. Yeah, I normally enjoy Felder. I enjoy like DC yeah, and Bisping, Dan Hardy. They've all got they got some really good guys. I didn't enjoy parts of Joe Rogan last week, and for something wasn't clicking today, like um, or in this last night for me. Don't know, but like this fight was where I noticed it the most. But um, because the, they were quite quick, critical of um, Ashley Evan, uh, Evan Smith in the first round, saying she was she lo- almost looked like she was carrying an injury and and she um, was struggling a bit. But yeah, there was I, there was com- there was complaining that she wasn't using her wrestling and, yeah. and complaining that perhaps there was an injury there. I think it's, they picked up on something she said in interviews saying she there was something bothering her mm. now we don't know whether that's something physical something mental but what you've got to understand Demont was really short and stocky and she mm. was playing counter all the time now they're kind of they're difficult people to try to enter in on regards trying to get them up against the fence and trying to um you know get a wrestling situation where you can access the legs you know smith was you know a fair bit taller and longer so it's not easy trying to lower your level to shoot into those legs and she's really heavy in the hip and leg as well so then you're forced to try and upper body wrestle now the difficulty trying to upper body wrestle shooting on someone like demont who's playing counter with the hands is that she's throwing those hands and and yeah and and she's she got a bit of power haven't she yeah she she was having power on it so i'm not surprised that smith was second guessing on trying to enter in um for yeah. a takedown attempt 100 percent, mate. i am um... One thing I noticed about Demont's uh, like a punching and kicking was there was a lot of power behind them, and then mm. every time she did catch Evan Smith clean, you could see she felt it. Um, yeah, and there was a couple of times where she looked. Oof, you could almost see her think, "Oh, hang on a minute." But yeah, it was it was all right. I I don't know. I, maybe I was a bit frustrated by that one. I was hoping for a bit more from Ashley Evan Smith, and it never yeah, quite never I, quite I, came. I, I put it down to Demont. I, I think Demont just didn't allow Smith to be able to express any of her game. I just think the, yeah. the counter capabilities of Demont was of such that it made her shy to come forward with. She was always out of range, Smith. She she was throwing. It looked like she was shadow boxing at, at times, and I, I think that was because of the fear of those counters. It, obviously, she was clearly hitting hard in there, and she was feeling it, and it was making her stay out of range, which is why you never saw the entries for any takedowns. Fair enough. Uh, next up was uh, Bill Agio versus, uh, versus Spike Carlisle, with uh, Agio picking up the victory via unanimous decision, 30, 27 times three. Um, Danny, what did you make of this one, mate? Yeah, I mean, I like Spike. <laughs> i got to say, um, he's quite a character, isn't he? Um, I don't know whether you picked up on him shouting in the first round. I don't know whether that's through frustration or he's just got so much energy about him. But I did notice he competed a little differently than what we've seen him in his last few performances in that he did reserve his energy levels a little bit more. Um, yeah. But he's totally unpredictable, really, really difficult to, to sort of like plan for. He'll come out with spinning techniques. He'll do unusual takedown combinations. And we did see a little bit of that. Um, but Algerio w- did really, really good at weathering any storms that Spike was um, putting upon him. 
and started to exchange him in, in both the wrestling, grappling, and I think on the feet somewhat as well from round two onwards. Um, you know, in my in my heart, I was kind of rooting for Carlisle to, to pull through because, I don't know, I've just got a soft spot for his you know, balls-out style. And, he's, uh, entertain, he's, he's entertaining. Really yeah, he's entertaining, but he's also legit. You know, he'll yeah. submit you if he gets oh, a yeah. chance. And yeah. um, and also, you know, he, he could knock you out on the feet with those flamboyant shots. It's the ones you don't see that will knock you out. And he's definitely got those weird angles and weird yeah. striking tools. Um, times. Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, he went for a bulldog choke as well that I think got quite close. Now, what's quite interesting, yeah. you beat uh, Zidad, I think, with a bulldog choke, yeah. didn't you? Um, it's yeah. not something I've ever submitted one with. So it, it's yeah. actually a, 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 quite an unusual submission. And I know yeah. Ben Askren... Um, he, he called yeah. uh, Robbie Lawler with it. Yeah. You know, um, is this something that you do in training, the Bulldog Trope? Because it is a little, because it doesn't give you control, any, uh, there's no setup of the legs or the arms. The arms yeah. around the head yeah. and neck, isn't it? You lose, you lose position very easily if it doesn't come off. Right. Um, and it takes a lot of, well, a lot, obviously, of squeezing who was taking gas. So when he was on, yeah. when he was last time, I was thinking, well, that's not on, let it go, let it go. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's a, um, you know, I, I haven't seen the footage of where you finished with it, but um, did you finish your guy flat down, or how was did the situation uh, with the bulldog? To the side, really, and then it was flat. It was a bit of both, really. But I, that was literally. I didn't. I didn't go for that. I changed my grips to the to make it the bulldog hook, but I um I couldn't. You weren't letting my hooks in, basically. So right. I just I slid off. So I just yeah, yeah, yeah. Grips. Like the part of the palm, I just went. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're going to have a submission. He was targeting, so I knew it was very tight. <laughs> so but, it wasn't done from the feet, because I would imagine a lot of the time you'd see a bulldog choke set up from an arm and shoulder, um, yeah. head and shoulder throw, um, and, and then it slips out. Yeah. Mm. Right, right, yeah. I mean, if you're going to have a submission on your resume, that's that's a nice one. Other than a twister, a good old bulldog trope. It just looks great <laughs> yeah, up on yeah, your... Yeah. <laughs> it looks great. <laughs> but um, one thing I noticed about Spike, Spike Carlisle as well is a couple of times he really loaded up on, like, these big, massive uh, elbows in the stand-up, and they were, like, millimetres from landing. And mm. you just think, if he had nailed one of them, I think knock most people out. But he just couldn't quite those flamboyant strikes you were mentioning. He mm. wasn't just couldn't quite seem to nail him, could he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and he, he gets out of situations as well that you know most people just don't get out of. He's like Houdini. Um, you know, he'll have his back taken with hooks in, and he'll find a way to make him slip off, and and you know, lo and behold, he'll end up on top at the end of a round where you know. He's what? He's big. He's big for the weight as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's definitely, definitely muscled. And I think that was a little bit on perhaps what went against him a little bit here. Um, I yeah. think the, the the muscular movements that he was putting in, and Il Duro is really quite slim and lean, and he could just yeah. keep going. And it made yeah. Spike Carlisle look a look a beat behind um, yeah. from round two that's, onwards. Yeah, that's right. But good, good fight to watch. I, I, Spike's always uh, he always brings it, and um, I, I always smile the whole way through. <laughs> Yeah, hundred percent. What did uh, what did you make of Algio's performance, Josh? Yeah, he, 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 he turned enough, didn't he? And everywhere, everywhere he went, it's like he's just it was just a good, fun fight, you know. And obviously, he was better, you know, he was sharper. But I think that's the way that Spike fights, you know. He can, he comes hard and, and everything, and obviously very muscle bound. So I think. 
Yeah, there's a big height difference. Uh, he's yeah. like five eight, and the other guy was was he six foot? Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah, so but yeah, it was an enjoyable fight. I gotta say, yeah. I um, Spike Carlisle's just one of those guys, isn't he? You just enjoy watching fight, um, and you want to see him again next week. But yeah, but there we go. Uh, next up was too. yeah, that's, that's it, that's it, and that's the only problem is if you keep racking up those losses, no matter how entertaining you are, yeah. especially especially the world we're in now with COVID and everything. And and also with so many young and upcoming fighters in the UFC, and then you've got all the guys just underneath in like the likes of Cage Warriors. You can't afford to have too many losses because they'll they'll cut their money and bring in someone else. Yeah. So hopefully you can get a, get some fight uh, get some wins going. Uh, next up was Josh uh, Parzian versus uh, Parker Porter with um, the everywhere. Uh, yeah, I think this was yeah, one that, was a good that was a mad fight, though. <laughs> yeah, it was a good fight. Yeah, pa- pa- <clears throat> so Parker Porter picked up the win, uh, the win by a unanimous decision 30 26, 30 27, 29 28. Uh, so very, very close. Uh, very, very enjoyable to watch. Uh, Josh, you t- you go first on this one, mate. What do you make of this? Yeah, it was very, very fun to watch. Um, I was on the edge of my seat in front of you. I love watching fights like that, really. But, uh, yeah, I thought um, I can't remember his name, but uh, he gassed hard in the, in the, in the second. Um, I thought Porter was going to get him out of there in the second, to be honest. But I think he was keeping a bit back as well. Because I think you, you gas yourself out probably, by working towards that finish too much. But, um, yeah, it was very fun to watch. Yeah, especially when you're carrying that much timber, like yeah. If you when you go hard, you gas out quicker. But like yeah. this is what when you see like heavyweights, whether it's boxing or MMA, this is the kind of fight you want to see. This is the oh, kind of fight yeah. which people enjoy about heavyweight fighting, as it is, where it's just balls to the wall. Yeah. Uh, let's go for it and just let's have it, basically. Um, but there was some good technical striking in there, Dan, as well. Yeah, yeah I, I, I thought that the, the, both of them were striking really, really well. Um, again, you know, the obvious discrepancy is w- with the height, basically. Mm. And Porter did the right thing. He was pushing in close with flurries. Now, to do that, you've got to be fit. Now, although he didn't look fit, he was throwing some serious amount of shots. You know, somewhat, somewhat so it put some um, some work weights and middleweights to shame with work yeah. weight. Now, always the fear with heavyweights is that they're going to plod in front of each other and respect each other's power. Now, all heavyweights have got power, even if you just throw a windmill punch. But these guys were not put, you know, not worrying about that in in any way. And I think because they were just intent on winning, they wanted to beat each other. Uh, but Paul absolutely impressed me with um, not only his choice of combinations, um, his fitness, but the He's fact that as well that, yeah, yeah, it's great. But he also. Um, was working on the leg steadily throughout the first, second and third round as a little backup. And I thought that was really, really good. And that goes to show you he's got some kind of strategical mind. I don't think he was doing it out of, oh, that's just part of his combinations. Just I think for he those was, knees, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, he's working some great knees, but those leg kicks that he was throwing, you know, they were well-placed. Yeah. Although, 
it never ended up looking like it was bothering Priestland too, too much. You know, they've got to have been having some kind of effect, and I think that helped the slow process. Because went from process. him in one of the rounds, didn't it? Yeah, in one of the rounds. So you've got to wonder whether it was the accumulation of those. But I just thought that was good game plan. Um, he was hungry to win. And, um, yeah, I was really, really impressed with him, I've got to say. Really, really impressed. Even uh, even Parzian, though, like, you know, he wasn't just a one-way traffic for Porter. Whilst I think Porter had the more significant strikes and a bit more of a game plan like you mentioned with the leg kicks as well like Parzian was still game he was still banging yeah. in those shots well, and I, as soon as he was just, in range he had a goal yeah up. yeah 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 I mean um there was just one point I think it was in the end of the first round where Porter began to not even gas I wouldn't say that but he was trying to take you know a, a deep breath to recover from that fast start that he did and and Parisian was really coming on strong and I thought oh here we go he's gonna He's going to take over now. But, um, nah, uh, Porter was straight back in there and out-trading him. But I think possibly Prison may have well have won that first round, you know. Um, I mm. think he was landing the, the more accumulative shots. Um, but certainly second round and third round was clearly going to Porter. Would you have given this one fight of the night, Josh? Yeah, definitely. 100%. Very entertaining, yes. wasn't it? Is it was this is what I want to see from heavyweights. This is um, and we've seen some duds uh, in the heavyweight division over the last couple of years. Um, sometimes they be what was it the Engano fight um, where I was so hyped for it, thought it was going to be like fight of the year, just banging, and they just hugged each other for like three five rounds. Which one was that? Yeah. yeah. Was it Derek Lewis? It might have been Derek Lewis. I think Lewis. it was. I think it was, it might, yeah. It might have been, yeah. It was a big fight, wasn't it? Yeah, everyone was really gassed for it. Like, and then it was just, they just hugged each other and it was, ah, oh, come on. But yeah, I thought um, this was really, really, really entertaining, really enjoyable to watch. And um, I thought it was a big win as well for, for Porter. Like, I thought he did enough that maybe uh, he could get, you know, maybe someone uh, in that, Top fifteen, yeah. Towards, so you know, far, just around the. Was he far out of the top fifteen anyway? He's in top uh, twenty now. Let's have a look. Let's see if I can uh, find it. Be inter- It'd be interesting to see if they'll match him I up. I think to. he's just. I think he's just outside the top fifteen. Right. So it'd be nice to see him maybe get like a Andre Alofsky or a. Um, you got. Yeah, because Alofsky, he's, he's still doing well, isn't he? He's well. Alofsky's yeah. ranked fifteenth, and then you've right. got. Inf- in 14th, you've got um, Surly Gain, who's coming off the back of the loss. So he's recently gone down a ranking. So he's 14th. That would be a good fight to for him to get. And then above that, you've got like uh, Ivanov, uh, Walt Harris, some people like that. But I think um, either Gain or Olofsky would be the two which I'd be looking at if I was making it yeah, um, yeah. For, his, for his next fight. Because I think he did enough in that to say, right, you know, he's Gain. He's gonna whoever he fights, he's gonna have a plan, and he's gonna he's gonna fight. It's not gonna just be a a bore fest. Um, yeah. Another good fight though was uh, Miguel Beza versus Takashi Sato. Sato um, with Beza defeating Sato via a, a triangle choke uh, about four minutes twenty eight into the second round. Um, I've forgotten who I went to first last time. Daddy, what did uh, what did you make of this one, mate? Yeah, Beza, he just looked really, really good, really, really sharp. Um, Sato sharp, just looked like he was. Yeah, Sato just looked a tempo behind. 
the whole time. Yeah. Um, I just didn't look like he had as much pep on the shots. Uh, yeah, it just it really really impressive. I I didn't really yeah. know much about Blazer to to be honest. Um, you know, so I don't, I don't know. I, yeah, once I started watching him, I was like, yeah, he he's, he looks like he's got some some skill and some energy about him. Uh, yeah. yeah, it just looked really, really impressive. Sato just looked a little bit like a rabbit in the headlights. Um, and so I think he started to even doubt himself. Um, yeah, what, what, what can I say? I mean, just sums it up, really. It it looked like someone that is in sort of like the top ranks and someone was clearly outside the top ranks. That's how it made it look. But yeah, I, I would have expected more from Sato. I mean, on paper, when you look at him, you would think Sato would have put up a good performance in return, but it wasn't the case. He, he looked like outmatched in there, no matter where it went. Yeah, Sato never looked comfortable, did he? Um, yeah. From the first bell. But he, he, he looked like someone who was nervous, someone who... Um, I'm not sure how many fights he's had in the UFC. He's had a couple, I think. But he just never looked comfortable. And, uh, and Bezo just just looked completely relaxed um, and just went to work. Bezo, I think both of them are fairly inexperienced in terms of the uh, UFC. But I think, um, because I've definitely, Sato, I definitely remember seeing. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah. Sometimes we just have a look. um, What did you think of his performance? Because... very good. Dana White said he's um, he's he's really got high hopes for him afterwards. Mm. He said he's uh, he wants to be there. He wants him to be his Puerto, Puerto Rican star. So yeah. they've obviously yeah. got um, you know big big like big plans. Yeah. Um. So let's have a look at his page. So he's ten and zero professionally. Oh. Um. But I don't. I think. Ah. Oh, so he he's um. He was on the contender season three. Ah. Right. Um. And then he's fought three times in the UFC since. So he beat Hector Aldano uh, via TKO. Then he beat Matt Brown via TKO in uh, right. May. Yeah, now so it... that was on in May, yeah. was it, this year? I um, remember beat... now. Yeah, he well, beat Matt Brown. Then. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah. yeah. All his victories kicks... in the second it... round as well. His kicks look brutal. <laughs> they look really yeah. horrible. Sharp, uh, mate. Sharp. Sato was catching him on the forearm, but uh, yeah, couldn't, couldn't have felt was, good. Yeah, I was a little bit disappointed with Sato. I got to be honest. I was expecting a bit more. Um, yeah. You know, maybe he was just outclassed, um, and sometimes that, you know, that's going to happen. Thing, really. Yeah, I think when people in opposite stance and you get someone that's got got the more power uh, and uses it right, like. Um, basically was kicking to the open side of the body, um, which happens initially when you're, you're opposite stance like that. And I just think that just stopped Soto being able to come forward with his rear side. Um, mm. So he's throwing the jab and getting countered. It kept his rear side really, really quiet. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we've got to see a lot more of this kid, I'm sure, without a doubt. But I don't think Sato's done. He's quite a, actually a well-rounded fighter. But, yeah, he's got to go back and question how you deal with someone like this. Yeah, so I was right. Uh, that was Sato's fourth fight in the UFC. He's mm. um, he's now two and two. Because I wondered, I just added on then when we were talking, and he just looked so nervous. And I was thinking, oh, maybe I've got it wrong. And he's that was his debut or something. And he was a bit, you know, he's a bit nervous. And maybe that was it. But, you know, that's his fourth fight in. So he's not, you know, he's not super experienced. But he's been there before. He's, you know, he's uh, 
had that experience of fighting in the UFC. Um, okay. Next up was the main event. Um, Anthony Smith, desperate for a win. Uh, ranked number six versus Devin Clark, unranked. Um, this didn't go long. Um, Josh, no. what did you make of this one, mate? Well, for starters, I didn't know the know the guy, but um, yeah, when it started, he just comes well, he come he come at him hard, didn't he? Um, he did catch him in the opening, right down maybe, and then he clinched that body locked down, and then he, it was not a lot going on with it, to be honest. No, it's um, it's very unusual to we talked about this off air. And uh, it's very unusual to see someone ranked so highly, like sixth. Yeah. You know, I wasn't so long. Anthony, Anthony Smith so long ago was fighting John Jones for the title yeah. to be fighting yeah. someone who's unranked. Um, and like to me, that says you know they want they needed to get Anthony Smith back on the on that winning thread. But it is really unusual because you know you normally you'd expect them to maybe give him someone a bit lower down the rankings, maybe. You know, not someone who's not in that top 15. Um, well, you expect to definitely know his opponent, especially being Anthony yeah. Smith, who we expect you to say who's fought all the top guys. You To fight an unranked guy then and be main event. Well, obviously, he wasn't going to be main event, was he? But he would have been called no. main. Yeah. Still, still, still very high up a card, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um yeah, it's a weird one. I was, um, I felt I felt for him in in some ways because I felt like, um, you know, is it asking a bit too much of him, like to fight Anthony Smith? Or this, you know, that he's an unranked fighter. He's that's why know, I he, think he comes so hard, really. Yeah, just to try and catch him early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he knew he was going to go one way for up. I I should imagine would have went one way to that on the feet as well. I should imagine. Yeah, and the thing is as well is you know you never know. And plus, if he does catch Anthony Smith early, Anthony Smith's not in the greatest of uh, of runs at the moment before this fight. No, so I can understand the logic with going after him a bit and trying to get that early shot, and you know maybe put Anthony Smith under a bit of pressure, get inside his own, so he's inside his own head. Like, but uh, Dan, what did you make of this one? Mate? It, it looked like it was only going to go one way after that initial sort of minute or so. Yeah, again, we're in the weight weight division where you know anything can happen, uh, you know, and and it nearly did. You know, the guy come out really explosively and kind of did what he should do, really, and that's to, you know to take it to Smith and try and make an impression, win or lose. And um, but he got clinched up, and he, I, I mean, he's down as being a boxer and a wrestler, but he allowed the double underhooks really, really so easily. And, yeah. and we saw, I think we saw three times or three different guys use the same type of takedown. Now everyone oh, seems to be going for double yeah. unders. Sorry, I heard Dan Conte saying he's a wrestler, and I just thought, yeah, yeah, he didn't, didn't, didn't behave as such. Body lock, yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah, and that kind of really surprised me. But from three different people, we saw the double underhooks where you um, move them around an angle, step behind one side of the leg for a nice, tri- efficient takedown. There was always, and you know, not overly energetic to do so. Um, he got him down, but nevertheless, Smith did end up underneath. Um, yeah, but which went in his favour. But I was thinking, oh no, he's gonna. He's going to end up fluffing this up as well, and uh, mm-hmm. but no, um, you, you could tell that um, his opponent didn't have much knowledge on the ground um, compared to Smith. With the way that when he did get taken down, he held onto his head, which wasn't giving him anything. He was just carried on holding onto that head. Now I know he was caught. Smith had caught his forearm um, underneath him, which is a real typical MMA move. Um, 
you know, maybe that may, made him feel the inclined to just try and hold on and see where it goes from there. But really, he should have been letting go of that head and trying to scramble up. But, uh, yeah, Smith did what we expected him to do. Maybe not in the way we didn't expect it to be win be won by a triangle. You don't see them very often in MMA anymore. Or we don't no. see someone winning off the back other than the guillotine, maybe. Um, but, yeah, it, it was good. I'm, I'm glad. I like Smith. I, I like his style. I think he's, he's, a, he's a better fighter than he's recent results have shown um and we were discussing off air i believe it was off air about him possibly fighting you know a good matchup with you walker um walker's obviously yeah, just got back to win aways i think that'd be great i think that'd be really really good similar body compositions um, i will probably have to make sure imagine yeah yeah it, i think it's a uh, i think it'd be a good call to happen um yeah that that one would be quite an interesting match yeah, be very interesting. He's a good all-round fighter, and he, he's um, entertaining to watch, and he can do a bit of everything. Just been yeah. on a bad run, but you know when you look at some of the fighters he lost to, maybe it would, you know anyone could lose to people like John Jones on their day, you know, um, and many have. So I don't, I don't know. I um, I wonder who they'll. I hope they don't pit him against another kind of really one-sided fight. I would like to see him put him against someone who's going to test him a bit more. Um, if they're not going to give him, a, you know, like a Johnny Walker, I wouldn't mind seeing him up against Jim Jimmy Crute. Dan, uh, you know, obviously Modesta's fought him recently. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that'd be good. I think that'd, that'd I, I think, be dangerous yeah, for him. Crute is very, very good. I've, I, I've watched him, um, you know, a good while back and, and thought to myself, damn, this kid's good. Um, I, I, this, this guy's top 10. He's top mm. 10 material. Uh, I just don't think that would be a good idea. Um, it'd be a good idea for Crew because this is a guy that's obviously been in there fighting with the likes of Jones. But um, no, that would not be a good call for him. Yeah, it's going to be a, certainly going to be an interesting one, um, who they do with him. I think uh, Johnny Walker. But then I look at like uh, the likes of Nikita Krylov and, and, and Misa Sirkinov, Jimmy Krug to... I think they're all really dangerous for Anthony Smith. Yeah. Um, maybe someone like Paul Craig or Ovin St. Preux. Uh, yeah, Paul Craig, that, that's a, another, another one. That... Sort of another yeah, he's option. Yeah, he's, I think he's on a three-fight win streak, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. He just yeah. seems to grind out the wins, doesn't he, um, yeah. at the moment. Like I, we said last week, we didn't think he was like unbelievable. In his performance, but no. he just he just grind. Yeah, that's what it's about. You've got to just win. Um, so to finish us off tonight, uh, gonna get Josh is gonna give us some predictions for the Cage Warriors trilogy. But um, before we do that, Josh, are you all set for your your fight on the Cage Warriors trilogy on the on the yeah. Friday? Yeah, everything's gone. Everything's gone perfect. My weight where it should be for two weeks out. Um, yeah, everything's spot on. Is um, is there without giving your game plan away? How do you see the fight? Uh, how do you see the fight playing out? Um, I can see him. He wanna he wanna stand. I've watched a few of a few of his fights. I do want to get him out. So I have a quick little scan, and I then my coach do the work for them. Yeah, he's, he's up for a he's up for a bang. He's doable. Um, he's hard to he's hard to throw away. Um, he's had a lot of amateurs. Um, I'm more experienced in the pro ranks. Um, I think that'll play my part because being a pro for longer is 
definitely different. It's totally different to Aberdeen. Um, the ICB come out and you know, I just think and Josh, do you, do, you know, when you, you get your wins, whether it's by decision or you've had TKOs on your record and you're clearly uh, well up on your submission game, um, you know, how is it you like to win fights? What feels good for you? Is it is it getting them in the checkmate of a submission or is it the, you know, the enjoyment of, of getting that TKO and KO or you're happy to grind it out for a decision and feel like you've been to work that night? You know, what, what, what makes you feel good inside when you get that win? I'm, but probably, I'll tell you what, I probably just have to ask anything really, you know, get, get a good submission, but it, you know, work, if I work hard for it, work hard for it, drag them down, I've got a submission, that always feels yeah, good. Yeah. Um, obviously, fans and things like that, they want to see myself put everything in. But uh, no, it's doing something and you grind it out, get a submission, get a work yeah, for yeah. that. Yeah, I know, I've never had a KO on, but I've had TKOs through kicking people to the legs where they couldn't carry on, but I never had the satisfaction of a knockout, unfortunately. But, uh, and, and I've had my fair few run submissions, I guess. But uh, yeah, I just wondered how you, you know, the, you young fighters of today, you know, whether you have a preference, it makes you feel good to, to win by that sub or KO. I, can't, I mean, I can't comment on the KO, can I? But uh, I'd imagine it would feel good. <laughs> Um, so Josh, what I'm going to quickly do is I'm going to name uh, a couple of the fights from the Cage Warriors card. You could just tell me who you think is going to win. Uh, it's generally just, it's not going to be every fight, just going to be friends of the show, really people who've been on or people who we've uh, kind of followed. Um, so let's start on the tenth. So we've got. Uh, let's have a look. Uh, so the main event of that uh, is uh, Luke Shanks and uh, Jake Hadley. I know me and you talked about it when we were waiting for Dan earlier. But uh, how do you see that one going? I think Jake in the first two rounds. If I think on the, on the feet, he will put him away. Um, I think if Luke can take him into the later rounds and obviously grind him out, which he is good at, I, that's how I think it's going to work. Because then uh, Jake early stoppage, Luke will win in the later rounds of all points. That's a good shot. Um, the other one on, and the other one on uh, on that day is uh, which I'm interested in: uh, Sam Creasy versus uh, Adam Armasinger. That's uh, going to be a real. Uh, Interesting fight because Armour Singh has been on a bit of a tear recently. I think Sam Christie, I do. Good shout. And then on the 11th of. That's the day Sem- I Who's playing the event then? Say again, sorry. Who's playing the event on the 11th? That's the day I um, The 11th main event is Matthias Frederick versus Jamie Richardson for the middleweight title. So uh, yeah, who like you see the fight he's, he's game. Yeah, he's a good fighter. I like, enjoy him as well. Uh, so we got a couple of uh, familiar faces on that one. Um, we got Ben Ellis versus Kingsley Crawford, a featherweight. We'll see I know Ben going. Ellis because he's Welsh. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. um, and then we got uh, Tom Mearns versus Steve Amiable at uh, a catch weight hundred and fifty pounds. Steve, I gotta go for that one. Oof. 
Oh, Danny's going to be raging. <laughs> Why is that a catchweight, Dan? Um, well, Tom really should be fighting at featherweight. But, um, you know, we, we discussed before how his life has been, you know, really up and down um, you know, mm. without getting into what his personal life. Sorry? What's the catchweight? Yeah, uh, 68 kilos is that, I think it is. Um, yeah, so he really should be fighting at featherweight, and I keep pushing him to, but, you know, with the way that his work's been, it's just not enabling him to have, you know, yeah, a good. set diet and to, you can get fit, but trying to do, the, he's quite a big weight cut, he's quite thick. Um, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, he's been fighting up at lightweight, which, you know, I, I'm not comfortable with him doing. He's a real strong featherweight. Um, but, yeah, so... You know, we've managed to get him to do a catch weight one, and hopefully, if he can sort out his work going into next year, because of all this COVID and everything, he's been in work, out of work, doing agency work because of losing his job. Really, not been an easy situation for him. But one thing, you know, he don't shy away from hard work. He's always in the gym. He always gets fit and strong for the fights. But yeah, it's just doing it in the wrong weight division. That is a, that um, is a good fight, mate. That is a good fight. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a, a good challenge. They actually fought. Many many years ago, when um, Tom Tom was nineteen, yeah, he was just a kid. He'd only been training less than a year, and they had a hell of a banging match, just boxing it up. Yeah, <laughs> both boxing it up. But um, yeah, like I say, he, he was just a young boy, and um, you know, Steve was you know much more mature and developed in his martial arts. But yeah, Tom Tom gave good account of himself, and this is actually a really good matchup for the pair of them to display where they're strong. It's it's going to look good this fight. For, for both well, Tom, a win, lose, or draw, it's going to be a great one. Well, Tom's fight on um, the trilogy just gone was absolutely brutal. It was yeah, such an I mean, enjoyable fight. And he loved yeah. it. You could see, couldn't you? Uh, he loves the scrap. Tom loves the scrap. He really, really does. And sometimes I have to try and snap him out of just enjoying the fight and, and remind him yeah. it's a martial art event that you've got to show skill got to win. win. Um, he, he's as tough as they come. You can, you, you can punch him hard as you like, kick him hard as you like. It, it ain't going to bother him. It's really, just not going to bother the lad. But by the same token, that don't get you wins. Being tough is great. Yeah. It keeps you in there with the chance to win. But I want you to pursue the win. And um, so sometimes I have to remind of that. And in this training camp and even the previous training camp, we've really been seeing the old Tom. And he's been on absolute fire. And he's training with people like Jordan. And um, watching them two spar is like watching a professional match for a world title every time they get in there together. <laughs> Incredible to watch a pair of them. But um, it's, you make a good point, Dan, and I think it's perhaps lost on people sometimes um, who are not kind of familiar with it. It's like outside of the UFC, a lot of the fighters are still working full-time whilst being mm. professional for, uh, fighters. And that can make things like weight cutting and diet. It can make it difficult, can't it? If you're, if you're working like all day and then you've got to go and train or you train and then you've got to go to work, it can be very difficult to fit in you know, eat, eating right and weight cutting and things like that. And obviously, Dan as a coach and Josh as a fighter yourself, like, you know that how much of a struggle that can be. And it shows the dedication you've got to have to be, you know, to reach the t tip top. Yeah, it's not easy. You, you, you're really at the level that Josh is fighting at and, and Tom are fighting at. You, you've got to have everything running in unison quite smoothly. I mean, we all go in there with niggles and we all go in there maybe having an argument with our missus or, you know, your mum niggling at you that day. We all have our issues and stuff, but some of these fighters, they really do go through things and 
know, don't get mentioned about. They, they live lives like any of us. They don't just fight. And um, for Tom, you know, for the last few fights, you know, he's been having to come to the gym at like eight and nine o'clock at night when predominantly the classes are done and, and try and mm. get a bit of training in when everyone's done their training. It was not idyllic. Um, the weight divisions have not been idyllic, but he actually performed really, really well in these last fights. And maybe I'm being biased, but actually 41 that last fight. Yeah, I did um, as well. And, and many would do, but I'm... Uh, oh, what's the name of the guy? Um it, it, the Bellator guy, he fought in Bellator. He's unbeaten, isn't he? Oh, my yeah, goodness. Uh, uh, you have to bring his name up quick. I'm terrible I about bringing name. up names off the top of my head, but he's a good, really good fighter. Tom gave away a load of natural size to the guy, but ran him back striking for the whole three oh, rounds. Oh, yeah, it was a hell of a, hell of a fight, mate. It was, um, it was like proper, yeah. just from start to finish, um, mm. just brutal. And, you, and yeah. they were both, like, at the end of the fight... You could see they both just enjoyed having this war. Mm. Uh, it wasn't Adam Proctor, was it? It was. No. Oh, it's going to bug me, that is, and I can't find it. Steve Amy of all that's who he's fighting now. I'll just see if I can find it quick. I'm so bad at bringing up names off the top of my head. I'm horrendous. No, you're worse than me, you are, mate. With, I'm really um, bad. With the names. But um, in the meantime, while we bring up that, um, Josh. Uh, Lister, yeah, Lister. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, he's a. It was a good fight that was, mate. Um, and we got uh, L- Liam Gittins versus Josh Reed. Who's going to win that, Josh? Me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Aaron Khalid versus Justin Burlington. Uh, Aaron Khalid, Welsh. After, <laughs> after, after he destroyed that guy at the last trilogy, he, yeah, yeah, he ran, yeah, yeah. ran through that guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, he uh, just smashed through him, didn't he? Uh, yeah. And then on the Saturday, we have uh, what was the fight I was going to ask you about? Ah, Jordan Vucinic versus Paul Hughes. It's going to be a banger. Yeah, it's going to be a great fight. Um, a bit of all offence with that one, really. Oof. Um, I, I, I do like I do like Paul Paul Hughes, mind. I do like his style as well. I do like. Yeah, that's going to be that'll be fighting like oh, definitely. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I could say there's going to be fighting. I see Danny's gone against both your fighters, mate. That's going to be. <laughs> Gotta be very difficult to take. Oh, they good Yeah, they are. They is, um, I think that's like that's a massive fight for Jordan. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. But like he's so talented, and he is he in everything. In his last one, did he? Sorry. He beat, he beat Steve in his last one. Was that one the last? Yeah, fight? he beat. Yeah, yeah, he beat yeah. Steve. Yeah. I thought it was. Yeah. But yeah, he's um, you know, he's. So young and he Jordan is um, so young, so talented, yeah. world at his feet, as it were. But uh, yeah, there's a few other, you know, there's lots. They put, of... on, they put him on the pads today, didn't they? And uh, on Cage Warriors, he's looking sharp. Mm. They put they put a video clip. Yeah, he's um, if everything goes, you know, everything goes his way, and uh, he keeps making the world uh, the right decisions. Do you think he's one of them who's got the ability to go? All the way. Um, okay, so to finish us off, we'll talk uh, or give us some predictions for next week's UFC. Um, so we got the main event, uh, Danny, is Jack Hermanson versus Marvin Vittori. 
at uh, middleweight as ranked fourth versus thirteenth. Yeah, that's uh, a tough one to call, Isaac. Is I think. It's I'm going to go Hermanson, but it is real tough. Um, yeah, I'm going to go Hermanson. I think it's closer than the rankings suggest for me. Like because I quite like Victor- Vittori. Um, yeah. Even you know it's. According to the rankings, they're ten ten places apart. But um, yeah, I'm going to go with Vittori, I think, just for the upset. Uh, Josh, who do you got there, mate? I go with Jack on that one as well. Shout! And then the co-main event is Ovin Saint Prude, Prude uh, ranked fifteenth versus uh, Jamal. Uh, sorry, Jamahal Hill. Um, I'm not familiar with Jamahal Hill. I've got to be no, honest. No. Are you uh, going with OSP, Dan, uh, or are you going no, with no, the, no. the I'm going to go with Hill. He's an unbeaten up-and-comer, and, and Prue's been around for a long, long time. He's had a lot of lot of fights, yeah. but I'm yeah. going to go Hill. I'm going to go with the young young blood. Yeah, I'm going to go with the young blood as well, mate. I've got to be honest. He's um, um he's unbeaten. I just pulled up a clip on YouTube of him, and he looks sharp, so I'm going to mm. go with him. Um, and then there was one other fight I was going to ask you about, and I can't find it now. The women's Good one. There's a good women's. Yeah, fight. the women. The women's fight um, was a uh, yeah, Tadia. Yeah, Montana De La Rosa versus Tadia Santos. Who you got in that? That's actually tricky. Even though ah. um, Tadia Santos has only lost once, De La Rosa, she, she's good. Um, she's bad. Uh, yeah, she is bad. Okay, I'm gonna go with Santos and play safe. Just going to play safe on that one. But I would not be surprised if that goes the other way. Boring. Uh, no. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, De La Rosa because she's a yeah. bad, bad woman. Yeah. She, she scares me. She, uh, she's bad. I like her. Um, who you got there, Josh? I'm a bit on the fence as well, really, to be honest. Difficult one. Yeah, to, it's a tough to one to call. Yeah. Stuff to watch out. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just going to double check some in prelims. Was there anyone on the prelims of interest at the moment? I think they're going to add another fight. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, Luis Smoker Luis Smoker versus Jose Quinez. Quinez, I can't even pronounce his name. Uh, on the prelims, that is. Um, we talked about Luis Smoker a couple of episodes ago, Dan. I think his fight was off. But... Um, he looked really good the last time we watched him. So, right. um, be a, an uh, interesting one. Yeah, we'll have to have a little watch of, watch of that one. But you got that um, uh, Mosvar uh, Evalov. He's 13 and 0. He's fighting, isn't he? Isn't he fighting on that event? Oh, yeah, he is. Yeah, sorry, I missed him. Uh, yeah, he's yeah. Uh, Nate, uh, Nate Landwehr versus. Uh, well, that's going to uh, be a good Masa fight. Right Evalov. Yeah. yeah, that is going to be a good fight. I'd be very surprised if that's not a banger. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, Avalov is 13-0, and 0, the Russian, and uh, Landwehr is 14-3. and 3. Yeah, um, good fight. It is yeah. a good fight. They're, uh, they're really closely matched in everything yeah. as well. Yeah, they so, are. So, um, I'm going to go with um, Avalov because I think yeah. he's... Um, He's got really good takedown defence as well as his other skills. So I'm yeah. going to go with Evaloff there. Yeah, I would as well. Okay. Um, 
and that's us for this week this week's episodes josh appreciate you joining us mate and no um, hopefully we can uh, we can catch up for a little 10 minute chat at some point before you fight yeah promote promotes the show as it were but um if we don't for any reason all the best for your fight mates we'll be watching and, uh, yeah. and we'll be talking about it and you're welcome back to join us anytime mates of course every yeah. sunday we record I have a different fighter on each week. Get a, uh, get some insights. So I haven't got to just speak to Danny on his own. He's very boring. Wow. wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude. Yeah, no, no, no good, 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 good luck, Josh. And um, go for the bulldog show. Bulldog show. Bulldog show. Yeah, it's going to say you'll see him up there, Dan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, I will. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Indeed. Yeah, you'll be there getting interviews for us, Dan. Come on, you're going to be walking around oh, yeah. getting, oh, yeah. getting, getting interviews with all the fighters with your mask no on. Recon- yeah, no one recognises me with a mask on. Yeah, excuse, isn't it? Right, <laughs> appreciate it as ever. Thanks for everyone who's watched, downloaded. We'll be back next Wednesday for another episode. And uh, in the meantime, be good. And uh, we'll see you next week. Network.